0: about chicken a la king mango and garbanzo tabbouleh potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil zucchini ziti. Granola fruit yeah, look man. at all this beautiful food mm. hello i'm dan a dude and welcome to green eggs and dan the show where i talk with some of my favorite people about their lives their careers and more but all i care about is what is in their fridge I'm very excited about my guest today. She played the unbelievably hilarious Suri Xerox in 30 Rock. She is in the films Born a Champion and Great White. And just to show you the range she has as an actor, you can also see her on The Bold and the Beautiful. Please welcome Katrina Bowden. Was that a good intro? It was a great intro. Okay, cool. Well, I'm very, very excited to talk to you. I have seen your fridge. We're about to get into it. I have so many questions uh, to ask you. First of all, are you COVID negative? You just we had to we had to postpone a little bit because you had a COVID test.
1: I am I am COVID negative. I have to get tested twice a week for Bold and the Beautiful, so I. I- have to go in a lot and never had it so far. So,
0: really, is it salacious to be on a soap opera and like be worried about is everyone just making out every day? Is that what happens?
1: No. we have to be like eight feet apart from our scene partners at all times. And it's <laughs> which makes, uh, you know, a soap opera is like all like intimate scenes. So, we're trying to create an intimacy where like just like staring longingly across the room at somebody.
0: Oh my God, it's like a telenovela. I love it. It's
1: been a struggle, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of struggles. Let's get to your fridge. You guys can see Katrina's fridge on my Instagram at Stand Up Dan. We're putting it on blast. First of all, beautiful fridge. Let's start with the positives. You've got a great fridge. It's pretty. I like the handles. It is nice. I'm seeing this in a lot of quarantine fridges, which is a lot of the CBD weed kind of cannabis drinks. You've got this is like twenty five percent of your fridge is devoted to this. Have you been stressed out? Do you need to talk about something?
1: Yeah, you know I, I during quarantine i was I was hitting the wine a little hard, so I decided to kind of switch to the cannabis drinks and um I just really like these they're they're good.
0: they're good. i can I tell you something? I went through the same exact thing. I became because I was like, all right, I'm gonna become an alcoholic so I might as well focus my alcoholism and learn about wine. So, like, I got a wine book and tastings and all this stuff. But I was drinking, like, you know, half a bottle to a bottle of wine a night. It was not good.
1: Yeah, it becomes becomes so easy to do it, too.
0: It becomes so easy. But, you know, then these are kind of fun because they chill your brain out at night and you can still kind of sleep and not wake up in the middle of the night. So... I ain't mad at it. I love how they're like trying to pass pass off as being healthy though. They're like, these are probiotic weed drinks. It's got vitamin D. <laughs> it's
1: got vitamin D and antioxidants and, <laughs> and um, adaptogens in it.
0: And Skull Crush Sativa 24. It's just wonderful for you. What's <laughs> adaptogens? What's an adaptogen? I don't even know what that is.
1: They don't have an adaptogens in them, but they may as well. Um, <sighs> adaptogens are like like a mushroom
0: superfoods oh yes that's the thing that's a new thing the mushroom teas I'm seeing a lot of now that's what an adaptogen is I'm actually growing mushrooms right now regular eating mushrooms not tripping mushrooms in my in my there's a little box you can get that you spray it twice a day and uh, mushrooms grow out of it in a week I'm very bored Katrina is what I'm trying to tell you <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you could do
0: that. Yeah, that'll be our Green Eggs and Dan gift to you is a mushroom growing kit to have in your... So you can be creepy like me in your home. Spindrift on the top left. This... Spindrift seems to be making a move for LaCroix. They saw LaCroix. They were like, there's a market and we can make it a little more flavorful. And I think people are... People are making the switch.
1: Oh, I am... I I will not touch LaCroix. I, I am a Spindrift girl through and through. I... So it's all I want to drink.
0: Oh, my God. This is this is polarizing.
1: Die hard.
0: <laughs> I mean, the only difference is that it has, like, fresh... Like, it's got a little bit of juice in it. It's got a little bit of fresh... That makes juice.
1: all the difference. because It yeah. actually tastes like grapefruit, where the the LaCroix kind of taste... They don't really taste like what they're supposed to taste like. They just... They all taste the same.
0: By the way, this podcast is sponsored by LaCroix, so...
1: <laughs> well, never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not. But I agree with you. Like The, the LaCroix flavors taste like the ghost of grapefruit, just like kind of wafted in the room. Whereas this is like, oh, it tastes like grapefruit. Yeah.
1: I saw a meme once that said that LaCroix tasted like someone had sparkling water and then screamed from like three rooms a- away, like, watermelon. <laughs> and that's what it tastes like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is very accurate. Okay, let's talk about, on in the door here, this poor guy. This poor guy in the door. There's a lone red pepper in a bag, like it, and it looks like it's being suffocated, like it's in Dexter, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just on its own, on, it's got its own little shelf, and it's just like looking out. It's like Rapunzel alone in the tower, just like like not part of the fun of the whole fridge.
1: You know, it should be with its friends and like the Crisper drawers, but um, there was no room. So. There was no room. I put it there and then I forgot to move it. Now that there is, there is actually room in the other drawers now, but...
0: I never know if I'm supposed to take them out of the bag.
1: I feel like you probably are because, like you said, it, is, it does look like it's suffocating.
0: <laughs> it literally looks like you're trying to snuff the life out of it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it is very Dexter. <laughs> you're probably supposed to take it out of
0: the bag. But then, like, with lettuce, it's like... they. I, I've heard people be like, take the lettuce out clean it then wrap it in damp paper towel i'm like fuck you this is gonna take me like three hours every time it's too much too much work hard kombucha i i haven't had this yet but i can't imagine it being bad i mean it's like i so i feel the same way about white claw that you probably feel about Lacroix. i'm like this is gross i don't like it there's got to be a better way i imagine this is probably what the hard kombucha june shine is trying to do
1: yeah i don't i don't really like uh the white claws either um but these these kind of have a beer taste to them but
0: mm. it's
1: kombucha so this one hopical citrus it's like kind of hoppy tasting so it tastes kind of like more like a
0: beer you know i'm a, i this is last year i found out i'm allergic to hops which is so annoying because i love beer
1: how allergic like what happens
0: it's not fun like i i start like my whole body feels very hot and then i get a little splotchy and then i get exhausted like after like one ipa
1: i don't know these actually have hops in them
0: it is booch I mean because this kombucha basically is fermented so that's how you make alcohol I don't know that they need to add any stuff to it okay I'm gonna there's something you know I'm making my way to I'm not gonna get here yet I want to save the best for last. you got your bottle of champagne here Got it. Is there Was there a special occasion you got that for or it's just in case of emergency?
1: I have had that bottle of champagne since I think 2007 or 8. Whoa. It was a gift for one of the um, Emmy nominations for 30 Rock and I still haven't opened it.
0: Oh my God.
1: It's come with me and I've moved so many times and it just comes with me and goes in the next fridge.
0: Well, it's become your little security blanket that you take with you wherever you go now.
1: Just, you know, when people open my fridge, they'll be immediately impressed.
0: Also, it's a great story. Cause it's like, it's not as ostentatious as like having your Emmy out, like by the TV, like on, on the mantle. It's like, oh, that's champagne. Oh yeah, that's from the Emmy nom. Oh, I always forget about that. <laughs> it's
1: just there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just what you got, I don't know yeah. what to
1: do with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> meanwhile there's like a glass thing around it so you can't access it yeah. and then okay i like you've got a lot of trader joe's love so I'm, I'm trying to figure out from looking from like looking at your fridge where you shop mostly and it's tough because there's a lot of trader joe's action in the doors and then there's a lot of stuff here that has air whiffs up to it a little air whiff like that's my guess.
1: I go to Air One. I go to Whole Foods sometimes. But Trader Joe's is close to me, so it's easy. I go to Creation to get juices and soups, like the one with the soup at the top there.
0: Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. This is like a faux, and a, bu- like, it's like an instant faux, or how does this work?
1: Yeah, you just heat it up. It's a glass jar and you just heat it up.
0: I love that. Do you say faux or pho? I say faux. Me too. Honestly, like. I'm so tired of these people with their, like, it's fa. I'm like, well, then change the O.
1: Just drop the
0: O. Drop the O. Give me a UH. What's this, by the way? Is this a big thing of pea soup or pesto?
1: That's pesto that my friend made me. My friend, who's a chef, made me this mint uh, and basil pesto.
0: Wow. That is a shit ton of pesto.
1: It's a lot of pesto. I mean... I had to, I had to, I had to freeze it for a while. It's almost gone now, so I... Moved it into the fridge again.
0: That is mucho pesto. Although you can use it with this chicken here. I imagine that's chicken, right?
1: That's chicken. I shop a lot at Belcampo.
0: Whoa. They have good stuff.
1: Great stuff. And so that's Belcampo. And then the there's a green sauce that's also Belcampo. This
0: thing here? Oh, this looks like guac.
1: It's not. It's like a It's like a garlic parsley
0: awesome i actually just made some chimichurri last night believe it or not because i have some friends coming over who want some lamb and this goes first of all chimichurri is like the best it goes well with everything like lamb fish beef and it's super easy to make it's basically parsley oregano shallot garlic red pepper a little vinegar olive oil, throw it in the food processor and it's like my go-to.
1: Delicious. I love lamb
0: too. I'm a huge lamb fan. A lot of people are like, I like lamb when it's not gamey and I'm like, but that's what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> All right. Now we've got, you've got your two like enormous phallic cucumbers as well just hanging out. Like, like right in the middle of of the, like, middle bottom of the fridge. Like, if the fridge had a penis, this is where it would be.
1: It's because they're too big to fit in the drawers. Yes. There's no other option. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: they're too big to fit in the drawers. These are always funny, these cucumbers to me, because they're, like, so, like, every other cucumber is, like, a... What are these? These are English? Or I fr- I always forget what the names are. They're yeah. called
1: Hot House.
0: Hot House. They even have a gross name. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <I know. laughs> but they they look like balloon animal, like the balloons that they use for balloon animals before they twist them up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Like they even hang to the right. I mean, they're just so gross. (laughs) Okay, let's get to the pièce de résistance here. I I wrote to you about this last night because I was so mortified by it. But on the second row, we have something called jam and salmon verouva. It's a soup. I literally thought this was dog food at first.
1: It is dog
0: food. Oh, it is dog food.
1: Food, but I love that you thought it was.
0: <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay. I thought it was dog food and it is dog food because it says jam and salmon with chicken and salmon and pumpkin soup. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say they write it on the front like that's gonna be the selling point. Like that's appetizing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds disgusting, but my dog loves it. Um, it's it's technically human-grade dog food. It looks like a it looks like a soup that you would actually potentially
0: eat. I mean, it's funny to just describe dog food as soup. Cause I, cause you think of that as a human, that's a human thing that we do. <laughs> like dogs aren't sitting around having like, you know, tortilla soup or anything. No, uh,
1: but it's like, you know, it actually, it just looks like a soup. I've, I've, you know, I've been giving this to my dog for so many years and I've always been like slightly tempted to try it just because it is human grade food, but I just can't get myself to do it.
0: Well, okay. I'm very impressed with your fridge. Congratulations. Also a very clean fridge, which is nice. A lot of people you'd be, you'd be shocked at how disgusting. So, oh my God. Like, and especially it's like the, the more the people are like like, in the food world, they're the ones that have the disgusting fridges. I
1: wonder why that is. They, they they just don't bother to, like, clean it out?
0: I think it's the type of thing where, like, you know how when you come home from work, the last thing you want to do is talk about work? It's kind of like that. They're like, ugh, oh, I've been cleaning fridges and dealing with food prep all day. The last thing I want to do now is, like, do that in my own home. I'm going to let this go to shit. I don't know. That's my, like, we've had michelin star chefs on the show whose fridges look like like, they're they're in a homeless shelter that ran out of money, like, six months ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, so I'm wondering, are they, like, are they really sparse and, like, nothing in them other than, like, a bottle of old ketchup? Or is it just, like, a bunch of weird shit all shoved in there?
0: No, it's su- so it's super sparse. The chefs are super sparse. Like, I'm talking, like, half an avocado that is, like, brown and, like, you know, a little thing of hummus, but, like, the top of it is, like, not even on it, so it's, like, crusted over (laughs) but the people like the the big food people like the the food journalisty people their fridges are ridiculous because they have all these people send them free shit to try and they just like it looks like a food museum like it's like a dean and deluca just like in their home nice i know fridge goals so what is your what is your i know nothing about your food sitch are you a restaurant person are you not do you go out to eat i mean i know it's pandemic so it's a little weird now
1: i like going out to eat i also like cooking so i like to do i like to do both oh what
0: are, what is your what is your go-to like do you have a style of cooking that you gravitate towards
1: i typically like italian and Med- mediterranean flavors the most um but I, I cook a lot of meatballs and i cook a lot of salmon
0: really so i think it's funny because i I think that's the best way to cook is the Italian Mediterranean stuff because it's so easy compared to a lot of different other cuisines. It's like you have a good olive oil, you have a good salt, you have some lemons and you can fucking make everything. What is your go to salmon uh, dish?
1: I typically I'll, I do like a like a pesto salmon and or I'll just do like a really simple like salt, pepper and garlic and like pan sear it and then put it in the oven. Yeah. Just like fast, and easy. And good. I like it crispy outside
0: are you good at cooking for other people like if you have people coming over
1: yeah i am i get a little i get a little anxious about it because i want it to be perfect but no i'm i'm I'm, I'm pretty good if i have a lot of people coming over i'll typically make something more like a meatball because it's easy to prep it ahead of time and it's you know easier than baking salmon for everyone
0: i've never really messed with meatballs but it seems like a very good easy go to throw it together and look fancy Thing to do,
1: yeah, it, it's it can be like really impressive, especially if you do like a lamb meatball. You get your chimichurri sauce and you like drizzle it on top, Ooh,
0: put some edible flowers around it,
1: oh, whatever you want. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait. So that's your thing? Like, if someone's like, Oh my god, I'm coming over tonight, you're like, Got it, and then you just go to Belcampo, get your ground lamb, and do you mix it? Do you cut it with anything, or you just do hundred percent?
1: I usually just use all lamb and then I'll use some like breadcrumbs and I'll add some spices, but no, I don't usually mix the meats, I usually. Just keep it lamb. Do
0: you do an egg in there? Like, a lot of people are into the egg in the meatball sitch. Yeah, I do. You do? Egg. Yeah. Yeah, I think for lamb especially, because lamb has so little fat in it, that you need to fatten it up a little.
1: It needs something to, like, help it stick together a bit.
0: Yeah, interesting. Just, so, I've never... It's funny, I have... So, I have... Somehow, I, I got into this mess where um tomorrow night... No, Friday night, I have... Two people coming over for dinner who have like, and people will come over to my place and like request things because like I cook it on my Instagram and they're like, oh my God, use the smoker and I want lamb shank. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And then like Saturday also, somehow I made plans and people are like, oh my God, let's do a prime rib with oysters. And I'm like, man, I'm, I can't sleep, Katrina, because I'm, I, I have that anxiety.
1: You're running a high-end restaurant just from
0: your own place. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm running a speakeasy restaurant here now that (laughs) things are shut down. But it's funny. Like, I know how to cook, but I always get this anxiety of like, oh, fuck, I'm going to. And I end up basically getting way too much food. And then what happens is I start inviting people, more people, because I'm like, oh, God, I have all this food. What am I going to do with it? And then they don't respond to me within, like, five minutes that they can make it. And then I start freaking out, and I invite more people. And then the first round of people responds. And then I, I and I'm like, oh no! I hope no one from the second round responds. And then I have like 12 people in my house for like one steak.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, shit. Now I don't have enough food for these 24 people who have all re- replied yes to this last minute invite.
0: Right, and then I just reply to all of them and say, by the way, just so you know, this is not a dinner party; it's a coffee uh, and cookie party. <laughs> Make sure you've eaten dinner.
1: Potluck. It's changed in the last second.
0: <laughs> By the way, potluck is such a fucking sellout way to have a dinner party. It's like, hey, I want you guys here. I want to do none of the work. So you do the work and I will supply housing. Like, fuck you.
1: And I'll take the credit. Yes.
0: It's such <laughs> It's such crap. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bring napkins when people invite me to a potluck. I'm like, fuck you. Here are the napkins. <laughs> here are the napkins. What is your... Here, I think I have interesting wine etiquette when someone brings wine to my place. This might be poor wine etiquette, but this is what I do. And I feel like (sighs) someone brings a bottle of wine to my place, okay? And right after they leave, I'd say three minutes after they leave, I am opening up my phone to see how much this bottle of wine is that they brought to my place. Oh. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. If you're bringing a 0 to $9 bottle of wine to my place for a dinner party— I don't think you're getting invited back.
1: You don't want like the the Trader Joe's Charles Shaw special three night dinner party?
0: (laughs) The the Charles Shaw. No, I don't want the Charles Shaw. I don't want the the yellow what's the one, the yellow one with the kangaroos.
1: Oh the yellow tail?
0: Yellow tail. I don't want yellow tail. Like, I'm going all out. I'm getting the best ingredients I can for this thing. I'm going to Belcampo. I'm going to Huntington Meats. I'm getting good shit. I'm going to impress you with food. And then you bring a, it's not fair. No.
1: Yeah, I agree. I actually, I haven't done that. I'm not quite as crazy, but I do understand. I will always bring like a nicer bottle of wine.
0: Yeah. Lately, you know what my my go-to is? I'm bringing, I got a bunch of, Did you watch that show Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat, whatever it's called? No. Oh, okay. It's on Netflix. Um, There's this chef, Samin Nusrat, and she's like, she goes all over the world. And in her Japan episode, which I don't know if you've ever been to Japan. I have not. First of all, their food culture is probably the most exciting in the world. But they have these like wacky things that she showcased in her show. Like one was a soy sauce that is like made in the last soy sauce factory that still uses wooden old wooden barrels to like age the soy sauce and there's this like one old man manning the you know the brew and it's like that is cool so i bought a bunch of those and i give those as gifts or there was like like a japanese salt factory where they make salt by Picking seaweed out from the depths of the ocean and then drying the salt on the seaweed, so the seaweed has like the salt has like a little seaweedy flavor to it.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Got a bunch of bags of that shit. Those
1: are great gifts.
0: And guess what? Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. Really? Yeah. Don't See? Tell it. Oh,
1: well, now you told everyone your secret. <laughs> your fifteen dollar gift
0: secret. We can we can edit on this show. I will edit that out. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just just for sound. Uh, three hundred fifty bucks, and we'll just edit. We'll just splice that in. <laughs> Perfect. before we get back to Katrina let's talk about the booch specifically the name kombucha the name came about from Americans doing what we do best being a little culturally ignorant kombucha comes from China and is fermented sweet black tea however in China it's called pu'er. the Japanese have a tea they make out of kelp and the tea is called kombucha however that is not what we drink when we buy kombucha but when this vinegary drink made its way to America in the early 20th century, people assumed it was the Japanese stuff and started calling it kombucha. So next time you order kombucha, ask for pu'er tea. When they don't know what you're talking about, accuse them of racism, grab the kombucha and run out with it. Shoot a video, tag me in it, and let's go to jail together. Okay, back to Katrina. All right, I'm going to get to these questions that we ask every guest towards the end of the episode. No rush, no rapid fire here, but I'm very curious about a lot of these for you because you do seem someone who's very food oriented, which is a surprise and awesome because I talk to a lot of people, especially people in LA who don't give a fuck about food and it's just kind of, it's tiring.
1: Yeah, I love food.
0: Yeah, as you should. I mean, it's great. It's food, guys. It's great. It's great. Even her dog has french onion soups with gruyere.
1: Salmon and pumpkin soup. It sounds so gross. It's got like these big peas in it too. It's it's
0: <laughs> I mean just just write it's a wonderful soup for dogs. Don't break down the literally three things that should never be in the same in the same bowl together are salmon and beef and pumpkin and peas. And peas. All right. What is your earliest food memory?
1: Oh, um my earliest food memory is probably my mom would make pancakes every Sunday. And she had this this cookbook called The Joy of Cooking.
0: Yeah, classic.
1: Yeah. And so she had these but this like buttermilk pancake recipe that she always made. And we do that every Sunday.
0: I love it. That cookbook is so nostalgic. It's got that red and white checkered cover, right? that's awesome wait so where where did you grow up
1: i grew up in new jersey
0: wow okay that's that's nice are you
1: from the east coast
0: too yes i'm from new york okay can we still be friends
1: yeah i lived in Uh, new york for nine years i love new
0: york where did you live when you were in new york by the way
1: a little all over the place but all downtown so like um i lived in lower east side and then i lived in union square and then i lived in greenwich village
0: what were your go because that's where i lived and we probably lived there around the same time what what were your go-to restaurants when you were living down there
1: Ooh, god well there's such a high turnover so they're like they're probably not even there anymore, but in the Lower East Side, um, the, you know, in that, that area spe- specifically, like restaurants last like a month and then they're gone. Yeah,
0: um, that's a tough one. Um, let
1: me think about when I was in Greenwich Village, I would go to, you know, I went to um, I went to Bar American a lot, which is not in my neighborhood.
0: Oh, yeah. Bobby Flay's place. It was on 7th Avenue, I think.
1: Yeah, I went there a lot. That was near um, 30 Rock.
0: That was an interesting restaurant. That was his first restaurant. And it was so cool. And then he got super famous. And then like the quality of all of his restaurants just kind of Dwindled.
1: Where else did I go? There was uh, oh, there was this place in the in the East Village called Desnuda, and it was a oyster bar and ceviche bar, and they would do. Um, they had just like wine, ceviche, oysters, and truffle popcorn. That's all they had. Fun. And I loved it. And then there was a place called Pilos that was, I think, on the same street on Seventh Street.
0: Wait, was Pilos the one that had like those jars that were like hanging from the ceiling? The earthen jars,
1: pottery, yeah, like hanging from yeah. the ceiling, and then I went to Seven A a lot. Did you ever go to Seven A?
0: I didn't. What is that? Just
1: like a kind of a dumpy dinery lunch spot. Miss Lily's is like took over their spot a few years. Yeah. Ago. Uh, years
0: later what was the food situation at work at 30 rock did they was it like good crafty shitty crafty it was
1: good it was it was it was too too good it it was uh hard to resist at times And our catering was amazing and it got like got better every year like i think in the i remember i think in the first two seasons it was good yeah and it got like really good
0: yeah once you're on a hit show it just gets better and better it gets better and better yeah (laughs) You know, you know, you're about to get canceled when they're like, "All right, guys, just uh, Chick Fil A, nothing over five bucks." And
1: uh... <laughs> walk away lunch. Uh, just you know, do what you want.
0: Okay, so what is your death row meal?
1: My death row meal. This is actually funny because this, this is a question that I ask my I ask people a lot too. Um, because I love this question. Yeah. My death row meal. I would do a bacon cheeseburger on a brioche bun with avocado truffle Parmesan French fries, and an entire bottle of Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand.
0: Whoa. Specific.
1: Uh-huh. Like, I thought about it, though.
0: I I know. I'm like, she must be committing a lot of murders if she's like, I actually need to know the answer to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like just preparing for that time where I do commit the murders.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're practicing on the red pepper already. I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good death row meal. You know, it's funny. Most people's death row meal is some sort of beef thing. It's like a steak or a burger. No one's like, my death row meal, um, I want to have a cucumber soup. Like, it's never. It's like, no.
1: I asked a friend recently and they told me this, like, elaborate sushi
0: meal. And I was like, really?
1: I don't know. For me, that just doesn't sound as fun as something, like, hearty, you know?
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like... I want to eat something that I feel awful afterwards eating so that because then that's the best part is I'm going to die soon. So I don't have to deal with, you know, I'm not it's not it doesn't matter if if I'm not going to sleep well or whatever. I can have an omakase and sleep fine. But like, no, a big steak with potatoes. I want to feel like so exhausted that I'm like, you know what, actually, just put me out of my misery. I don't want to live like this anymore. Yep.
1: That's I think that's why I chose the, you know, the whole thing and i would drink like the entire bottle of wine i'd be probably kind of drunk and then i would just go out like that
0: yeah <laughs> i like that that's awesome what would be your favorite what this is going to be a dark question but like how would you want to go out if they gave you a choice
1: this is going to sound like a, like absolutely crazy but if i had the choice i probably like want to jump off of a really beautiful cliff okay so that i could at least have a little bit of a thrill before i die instead of just being in a on, like laying
0: on a bed and being injected yeah right a bed that other people have laid on the sheets are pro- i don't know how i don't know how often they change those sheets on that bed. yeah no i don't know what the thread count is low thread count definitely not egyptian cotton
1: no not at all
0: <laughs> no it's like it's like bulgarian cotton no one wants to lay on that No, no, no 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 shout out to my bulgarian listeners we love you What is the best high-end meal you've ever had?
1: I had a really, I love scallops. That's like one of my other favorite foods. Love. Uh, I had a delicious scallop meal at um, a Jean Georges restaurant in New York. I think it was Perry Street.
0: Oh, interesting. So yeah, Perry Street was, he opened that like 15 years ago. I don't even know if it's still there.
1: Yeah, I went there and I had a delicious scallop dish.
0: I lived a block away from that restaurant. And I remember, I it's like I went there with my mom. It's like a good lunch with your mom place.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I went with like with family too.
0: Yeah, but it was like so quiet and like kind of. It was super quiet and like very like sterile, like it in a way.
1: It was kind of sterile. I feel yeah. like all of his restaurants are a little sterile though, or the ones I've been to.
0: You know, he had a restaurant that I loved in the meatpacking district called Vong. Do you remember that one? No. It was like his ode to like Southeast Asia, and it was like Thai flavors and like. It, it was pretty cool like you felt like you were going into like i don't know some like colonial mansion in like thailand with like bamboo fans and stuff like it was pretty pretty cool actually i liked it a lot it was awesome it was cool i think there's still one in vegas now i think it lives on in vegas it's like restaurants tie in new york and they get a second life in vegas <laughs> What is the best low-end meal you've ever had?
1: I would just say like a New York bagel, mm. like a pumpernickel bagel with um, with lox.
0: Pumpernickel, huh? Yes. Whoa.
1: Lox, a little bit of cream cheese, not a lot, and then like capers and onions and... Tomato.
0: You know, I always ask for a little bit of cream cheese too, and a lot of people think they're like, oh, you're being like low fat. I'm like, no, they, f- they always mess up the ratios.
1: No, it's always so much, especially in, in New York and New Jersey, they slab it on. You have like this much cream cheese, and it's just yeah. kind of gross after a bit to have that much cream yeah. cheese. Yeah. I want just a little bit. I want to taste it. I want to know it's there, but I don't want it to be the only thing I taste.
0: I'm trying to figure out what's more gross all that cream cheese or a pumpernickel bagel. Katrina, what's wrong with you? I hate them. <laughs>
1: oh why what's the fennel or, or what
0: i feel like pumpernickel in general i'm just never i've never been a fan of the nickel i mean i don't know i don't want to it just doesn't do it for me i i feel racist saying it i feel like very racist saying it i know <laughs> i want pl- i want pure white bread <laughs> No, I like a, I like sesame or an everything bagel. I don't know pumpernickel is like it's kind of it's just like a little too healthy tasting in a way. Oh, I, I just know. think it's
1: fun. My my friend uh, from New Jersey came and visited me last week and brought me like six everything bagels from new jersey and six pumpernickel and they're in my freezer and they are so good
0: oh my god did you read this article in the times about la bagels now being better than new york bagels
1: i did what what's the place that they said though is there one place
0: there's two places in la one one is courage bagels uh which is in like silver lake but i forget the other ones in culver city but my issue with them is this like it's an hour long wait online to get these bagels. I don't think I ever want to wait an hour for a bagel. I don't care how good it is. Like there's a ceiling to how, to how long I, I'll wait an hour maybe for other stuff, but for a bagel.
1: Yeah. And where you could go literally into any bagel shop in New York and get the best bagel and you wait, I don't know, a minute if you have to wait. So it just seems silly. It seems silly.
0: It seems silly. Also like you can't Postmates any of these bagels. The only time I ever wanna have a bagel usually now is like if I'm hungover. So now I'm hungover and I have to go wait in a line with a bunch of dicks in like (laughs) Silver Lake. I don't wanna do that. Yeah, that sounds pretty miserable. Speaking of hungover uh, drinks or foods, do you have a favorite hangover cure? (laughs)
1: You know, I don't I don't have a cure. I no. just feel like every year that goes by it just gets harder and harder to drink. <laughs> um and survive the next day.
0: Yes. It is depressing.
1: For food though, like comfort food the next day, I'm into like a big omelette with toast.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's a good one some people want like bananas and smoothies. I'm like, what are you doing with your life?
1: No, you need no, something it. to like soak it up.
0: That's, that's every other day. You got to soak it up. I, I bet there's no science to that soaking up thing, but we say it and it makes us feel good.
1: <laughs> like who, started the whole soaking it up (laughs) you know like someone started it and we've all just run with it
0: some degenerate who is trying to justify his like awful eating habits like no no no, dude it soaks it up it's good
1: you have to have the grilled cheese to soak it up you
0: soak it up if not it goes into your liver and your liver has to absorb the whole thing i'd rather have the egg and cheese absorb the whole thing Do you have a favorite drunk food like while you're drunk?
1: Anything like Mexican? Like I love like a taco, like a late night taco. Yeah. Something like that.
0: That's a good one. I feel like you you work a lot. Is it tough to be hungover when you go to work?
1: Yeah, I try not to do it.
0: Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it.
1: There's nothing worse than having a really early call time and and being hungover. I mean, that's just it's just not it's just not how you want to live and go through your day.
0: Also, having to act while you're hungover is the worst thing ever because not only do you have to do the acting, then you also have to act not hungover.
1: Yeah. So you're you're doing double time. And you He's also have to be double. like really nice to people and hear loud noises. And that's oh. also very jarring if you're hungover. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. It's true. You do have to put on this happy face when you go on set because you don't want people to be like, man, that... Katrina, she's kind of a bitch on set. Like, we're always being nice, we're being sweet. you being your best <laughs> version
1: of yourself, and it's hard to be the best version of yourself when you're hungover.
0: And then we come home, we close the door, and we're the monsters that we are. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> and the true uh, self comes out.
0: Do you have a favorite celebrity chef? Now, this can be a celebrity chef, a celebrity food personality, like an Anthony Bourdain, or something like that.
1: Yeah, this is a hard question, because I feel like there's been so many scandals with so many of them.
0: I know. They're all being taken down.
1: I always love Bobby Flay. Like, I always liked his restaurants, and I love Beat Bobby Flay. It's such a silly show, but it's it's fun to watch. And then um, Anthony Bourdain, I just, I loved him so much. Um oh, no. He was wonderful.
0: That show, Beat Bobby Flay, is like my favorite airline show. Like, if I'm flying, mm-hmm. I will just, uh, if they got that on the Delta, I'm in. I will nonstop.
1: It just, they go by really fast. It's, it's funny, it's it's kind of stupid, but it's it's really great.
0: <laughs> he had a funny show. Wait, it wasn't Beat Bobby Flay. There was another one where, like, he would go into, like, small towns, and, like, he'd go to, like, these small town restaurants. It was such a fucked up concept. Like, these restaurants thought that they were doing a show. Like, let's say it was, like, a muffin place. And they're, like, there were literally, there was one that was so sad. It was in Maine, and there were these two ladies who made muffins. And there were, like, these two old ladies, and they're, like, where are the muffin ladies? And they... There's a ruse. They think that they're doing a pilot for a Food Network show, right? So that's what they tell them. And they're like, we love making muffins. We've been doing it forever. And they do these fun little poses where their backs are to each other, you know? And then Bobby Flay shows up and surprises them and is like, hey, what's up? It's me, Bobby Flay. I'm going to make a muffin better than you do. And then it, like, becomes, like, this gorilla competition. <laughs> and then Bobby Flay, like, beat the women at the muffin thing. And it was so sad And you could tell even he was sad. He was like, "No, but these are great muffins." I didn't. I didn't. These are (laughs) these ladies are like, "What just happened?"
1: (laughs) So he basically took "Beat Bobby Flay" and took it on the road and just made it like really heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's so sad. I think they've stopped doing it because it was it was it was so messed up. But it was very entertaining to watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now I kind of want to watch like old episodes of it.
0: (gasps) It was throwdown, (laughs) throwdown. You know,
1: I think I watched an episode of Throwdown and there was like these women, they call themselves, I remember this so vividly, they call themselves the casserole queens and they said they made the best chicken pot pie. And
0: they actually won. Oh, good. It's so sad when he, (laughs) because it's so bad because these poor women didn't even know what was going on. They're like, wait, what's happening?" But are we getting our own Food Network show? They're like, nope, you're not. You're about to get humiliated by Bobby (laughs) Flay. You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Do you have a desert island food? You're trapped on a desert island. You're never going to get off. One thing you have to eat for the rest of your life, and you're not going to get tired of it.
1: This is such a hard question, because I would probably get tired of anything. But... Um Apples? Really? I really love apples. I know it's just not very exciting, but I love them. They would give me some energy. I don't know if they'd sustain me very well.
0: Wow. Interesting. What what kind of apple are you? Are you into all apples? Like, or just like specific?
1: Pink lady apples are my mm. favorite.
0: Okay. I always I always forget which ones are my favorites. Is that like a crispy one?
1: It's crispy and it has just like a really sweet tart flavor. It's, it's mm. just really, it's really good. Get one next time you're at the store.
0: I will get one for sure. I don't go to the store anymore my postmates driver will pick it up he will it's funny because I used to be so like precious about going to the supermarket I need to look at the food I need to select it I need to put it under my loop and then like now I'm like I don't care whatever Daryl thinks is great Daryl can pick for me (laughs) go Daryl go Uh, is there a food that you can't stand eating
1: yes uh Seaweed, really? But I will give a caveat on that. Like, if it's if it's a seaweed paper in a sushi, I don't mind it. It's more like when it's like wet, like a seaweed salad, or like if it's on top of something,
0: like the seaweed in a miso soup.
1: Yes, oh, I don't mind that. Uh, no, I don't I don't like that. But like like ocean salad, you know, when they you have like seaweed salad.
0: Oh yes, I know exactly what you're saying. It's kind of snotty, which. I love that, but it definitely is a little mucusy.
1: And I just don't like the taste of seaweed in general. Like, even those, like, seaweed snack things that people eat in those little packets, I, no, can't.
0: Those seaweed snack things are the saddest thing in the world. It's like, have a real fucking snack. it's
1: not really a snack.
0: It's, yeah, you're having a whiff of, it's like the sea just, like, farted in your mouth. It's gross. That's exactly. Why are you doing this to yourself? That should
1: be their their slogan. It's like the sea farting <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> I don't think it'll help them sell, but...
0: No, I don't think so either. Now our final question, which is my favorite question. What is your restaurant pet peeve?
1: I really do not like it when the second you, like, finish a plate, someone is over there trying to take it away.
0: Oh, I'm with you, sister.
1: Yeah, like, give it, like, a few minutes. Like, wait until the vibe seems like we're actually done, then clear it away.
0: I also hate when I'm sitting with, like, three people one of them finishes and they take their plate away, leaving the other two. Like, I think they should take all the plates off at the same exact time because then you feel pressured to finish. And I hate that.
1: And then the person who finished early feels like, well, shit, I finished early. What am I supposed to do now? Like, I'm the one who finished.
0: Yeah, like, what have I done?
1: <laughs> it makes everyone feel awkward.
0: And then I've I've been the asshole who'd say, oh, do you mind just taking everyone's plates at the same time? And then I look like this super controlling Asshole who's like and they're like wow he definitely hits her. He is so controlling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, I'm glad that you're you're you feel the same way or similar. I I feel like you you wouldn't actually you're 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 a classier version of me. You wouldn't actually tell the waiter don't do that. You wouldn't you wouldn't take a picture of the wine to see how much it's worth. But it's in there somewhere.
1: But now I kind of want to. Now you put right? the idea in my head. Now I'm Right? Now, next time I have people bringing wine over, I'm going to think about it. You should. I don't know if I'll do it, but I'll think about it.
0: (laughs) Here's what you can do. Take a picture of the label. Send it to me. Let me do it. I won't even tell you what happened. I'll just tell you if that's a good friend or a decent friend or a bad friend.
1: Or if they should be invited back or
0: not. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, have some respect. Katrina, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so so much for doing this. Tell the people where they can find you.
1: I'm on Instagram at Katrina K Bowden, and that's pretty much the only place I do anything. So
0: okay here I am. Awesome. Well, thanks again. This was so much fun, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna come over for some uh, beef and salmon soup uh, with peas someday.
1: Salmon <laughs> soup, yeah, the Waruva special.
0: <laughs> All right, take care, Katrina.
1: Nice to meet you.
0: This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at ThePodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Master Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StandUpDan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube. Like and subscribe. Please, we need a lot of subscribers on that page. You will really enjoy it. It's a very fun element of the show.